At Let's Tell Their Story, we'd like to advise that some content may contain rape, domestic violence, sexual assault, child abuse, child abduction, and murder. Not all content is suitable for all audiences. Please be advised while listening. Thank you. When you think of serial killers, if you're anything like me, your first thoughts go to Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Israel Keyes, Charles Manson. You get the point. What you don't think of as a young child, a little boy. So today we're going to be discussing the world's youngest serial killer and a serial killer that actually started his serial killing in his 60s. Now, what this child did was horrific, and I'm giving you a trigger warning now. This episode will be very disturbing on so many levels. I don't even know what kind of trigger warning to give other than it's just disturbing. Amarjeet Sadat was born in 1998 to an impoverished family in, in, in India. His father was a laborer. When Amarjeet was seven, the family grew and they had a baby girl. A baby girl was born into the family. Now, with four mouths to feed, financial trouble came upon the family. Little is known about Amarjeet other than he was born in the Bihar village of Musara. Now, he was only seven, so there's obviously not too much back knowledge on him. Amarjeet was considered a loner, and some of the activities he enjoyed were climbing trees and roaming the local village. Much of the Sada family lived in the village, so there were many aunts, uncles, and cousins However, it is a very impoverished, impoverished area of India. So Armajit, he did attend school, but not on a regular basis like many of the children and others in the village. In 2006, at just seven years old, he took the life of his first victim. And this victim happened to be his very own cousin. Most sources say that his cousin was just an infant, yet a few sources say that his cousin was six years old. Anyhow, Armajit's aunt left her daughter in the care of Armajit's family as she adventures into the city to find work. At some point, Armajit's mother needed to go buy food at the local market and left Amarji in charge to look after his cousin and younger sister. I get that it's an impoverished area and I'm going to assume that thing I've never been out of the country so I'm going to take things work different but who leaves a seven-year-old in charge of babies? Rant over. Rant over. So while Amarjeet's mom was away, he actually strangled his cousin. 
So if you go according to the sources that state that his cousin was an infant, it's alleged that he began by pinching and slapping the baby to get it to cry, and he got amusement out of this. So he continued by wrapping his hands around the infant's neck out of amusement, and then he would let go long enough for the baby to grasp, gasp for air, and then he did it again until the child stopped breathing. Now, the other allegation is if his cousin was a six-year-old, that Amarjeet had tried to strangle her and she wouldn't stop breathing, so he took a rock and bludgeoned her head until she stopped breathing. In either account of what actually happened, Amarjeet buried his cousin under some grass and returned home. When his mother returned from the market and asked what happened to his cousin, Amarji, he took pleasure in telling his mother what he had done and she was in complete shock. She's flabbergasted. Now, when his, however, when his father found out, his father physically punished Armajit for what he had done, yet the police were not, they were not contacted. Again, conflicting stories on who actually knew what Amarjeet had done to his cousin. Some say that he confessed in front of his uncle's uncle, and others don't mention the uncle at all. Either way, there was a story concocted for the aunt, but Amarjeet's father's punishment did nothing to ease Amarjeet's sadistic mind. His next victim would also be a blood relative, a much closer relative. While his parents were sleeping, Amarjeet, he strangled his eight-month-old sister. Once again, the incident was unreported. By now, the extended family and other villagers were noticing and even some of the extended family knew of the crimes that Amarji had committed, but they were considered family matters. It wouldn't be until 2007 that a report would be made when Amarji took his third victim. Only this time, it wouldn't be a family ma matter, nor would it be punished under, pushed under the rug as a family matter. Six-month-old baby girl named Kushba, Kushbu, was missing when her mother came back to pick her up from the primary school where she had left Kushbu sleeping. Supposedly, one of the villagers had seen Amarji near Kushbu, and with the talk already in the village, when Kushbu's mother reported her daughter missing to the police, they had a prime suspect. They went to where many of the village children were playing kickball and singled out Amarji. When asked about Kushbu's whereabouts, he smiled and said, She's not missing. She's dead. I killed her. He confessed to strangling Kushbu and hitting her with a brick. He even took the villagers to where he had buried Kushbu. This was when police finally took eight-year-old Amarji into custody.
While he was in custody, he repeatedly asked for biscuits, and he didn't speak at first, other than he wanted biscuits. He just smiled a lot, and with a smile on his, and eventually with a smile on his face, he admitted to the murder of his sister three months prior and the killing of his cousin the year previous year. According to Inspector Shatrudhan Kumar, all the killings were carried out in identical manners. A psychologist from the Times of India said that Amarji was a, quote, sadist who derives pleasure from inflicting injuries, unquote. So under India's law and many other countries, a child can't be sent to prison. Instead, he w- Amarji was detained until he was 18 in a children's remand, remand home. In the children's remand home, Armajit had access to much-needed medication and treatment. And even with the medication and treatment, he spent much of his time held in solitary confinement. In 2016, Armajit was released when he turned 18 with a new identity. Amarjeet's whereabouts are unknown as of today. He may still be roaming around India, or he may have moved. I just hope he has stayed on his medications and continues to get the treatment that he was getting. Who knows what kind of horrible things he could be capable of as an adult if he's not getting treatment and still medicated. Speaking of horrible things, we're going to move on. We're going to get into what seems to be a man who started his killing spree in his 60s, Kevin Gavin, a New York man who was known as Point to the residents of Carter G. Woodson House in Brooklyn, which is a housing development a public housing development for seniors. Why would a 60-year-old man be given the nickname Point? Well, he was known for walking around waving an ice pick. Gavin was staying with his brother in the Woodson house where he slept on a mattress on the floor. Gavin would do odd jobs and run errands for the elderly women in the complex. This sounds like an upstanding guy, you know, with his ice pick and all. Gavin stayed with his brother until April of 2020 when Leon unfortunately passed away. Since Leon was a longtime resident of the Woodson house and since it was 2020, Kevin Gavin couldn't be evicted due to eviction the eviction ban. It was 2020 and there was this pandemic that was going on. So let's rewind back to 2015 when Kevin first moved into the apartment with Leon. 82-year-old Myrtle McKinney was found dead under her kitchen table with bruises around her face along with dried blood 
and her dentures were laying next to her. First, her death was classified as an accident until she was being embalmed for her funeral and the embalmer had found a slit on Myrtle's neck and her cause of death was changed to a homicide. Four years later, or four years would go by and everything at the Woodson House complex seemed quiet. Kevin continued to do odd jobs and run errands for the elderly women of the building. In 2019, another resident of the building would turn up dead. This time, it would was 83-year-old Jacolia James, who had been found inside her apartment by her grandson. She had bruises all over her face, and just like Myrtle McKinney's death, there were no arrests. By this time, other residents in the building were in fear, and they had their own suspicion and because of the eviction ban, Kevin Gavin couldn't be kicked out of the Carter G. Woodson house. In January of 2021, 78-year-old Juanita Cabala, another resident of the Woodson house, was met with her untimely death. Juanita was found with a phone cord wrapped around her neck by her son. Jacolia's her grandson was had become suspicious of Kevin Gavin a few weeks earlier that to Juanita's death. And even with Chicolia's grandson's best efforts, nothing was done other than one phone call where the former detective was told that Gavin was out of state and this was back in during Myrtle's death he had called asking for Kevin and was told that Kevin was out of state he left it at that kept his kept the case open but his team moved on to other cases Kevin Gavin was known for lurking around residents' apartments and would sometimes beg for money for drugs. Kevin Gavin was known as a drug addict with a glass, a left glass eye, and he was the complete opposite of his brother, Leon, who was known to go hang out in the courtyard, hook up a speaker to his mobility scooter, and play music, having a little party. Leon was given the nickname Music Man because of his courtyard parties. After Myrtle McKinney's death in 2015, residents were suspicious of Kevin Gavin, but at the time, that's all they were, were suspicions. Kevin Gavin was finally arrested in Jan January of 2021. He was arrested because he was caught on surveillance using Juanita's debit card and there was physical evidence that led him back to the scene of Juanita's murder. He has been charged with one count of first degree murder and three counts of second degree murder. Gavin told the police at the time his reasoning that he killed these poor elderly women was because he didn't get paid yet he pled not guilty. I couldn't find if 
with his arraignment, if there's been a trial or a conviction yet, the most recent stuff I could find was from 2021. We we're in 2024. You'd think we'd have an update, but with that lovely pandemic, everything's gotten pushed back. So it does not surprise me that there has not been any updates on this. If the NYPD would have looked a little harder into Myrtle's death, Jacolia and Juanita's lives possibly could have been spared, or if the complex would have been able to evict him after his brother died, which the residents of the Woodson house think Kevin Gavin may have had something to do with his brother's death. However, there's no evidence to prove that. Kevin Gavin, standing 5 foot 10 inches tall, weighing 200 pounds, began his life as a serial killer in his 60s, and within six years, he was caught. If he is or was convicted of the murders, he will spend the rest of his life behind bars. And I leave you with this. Weird little kids and creepy old men can't be trusted. Until next time, stay safe, but stay curious.